Proverbs chapter 19, verses 26 and 27. He who robs his father and drives out his mother is a son who brings shame and disgrace. Stop listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. Now, this sounds a little bit like raising teenagers to me, Eric. <laughs> he who robs his father and drives out his mother is a son who brings shame. No, obviously not every teenager is so, uh, you know, bringing shame upon the household. I think the reason I said that is right now I'm reading a, a book that I, I do recommend to anybody who has basically like pubescent daughters, um, as I do. I have a 12-year-old. And, uh, you know, it's a massive change. It's a massive change. You got this sweet little girl, very attached to her parents. And all of a sudden she goes through this, all this detachment. And I'm just trying to understand how that works. The book is called Untangled. Untangled. I can't remember the author's name right now, but it's really good and helpful. That's very much top of mind for me and my wife, Nancy, right now, as our daughter goes through that. What's helpful though is the book really um, shows what's normal, you know, when the daughter holes up in a room and shuts the door and doesn't want anybody coming in the room. That's actually quite normal. It's quite expected. And it's, it's actually healthy for her to kind of audition for adulthood is what she's doing. She's kind of setting up her own little pretend apartment, even with the safety of her own home outside the door. Um, anyway, I guess I bring that all up because I want to put this proverb in some context. You know, he who robs his father and drives out his mother is a son who brings shame and disgrace. Stop listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. I don't think they had the phrase teenager uh, back in Solomon's time when this stuff was written. So I don't know what he was going through, what what made him observe this when. Well, by that time, this... the, the woman was, uh, the young girl, the daughter was getting married. And right. That's the, true. Good point. The yeah, son was working in the, you know, wherever. Right. Yeah, mean, so yeah. this whole teenage thing where they don't have enough to do and they're going through right. all this transformation stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's confusing to them. It's, it's, uh, very confusing. The power, I had this in my own house, uh, my old, mm -hmm. my older brother. Um, those years were a nightmare for everybody in the house. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, my parents had no idea what was hitting them. <laughs> and they had no response as uh, because of that. Right. And, uh, you know, these are very powerful forces that are embedded in all of us because we have to go from that sweet little daughter mm. to uh, someday, hopefully, a wife and a mother. Yeah. And that whole process is a long process, but, you know, as, as it goes. But, uh, you know, by the time she's 16, 17, it's. It, I don't know if it's going to be worse or better, but I. It, it's, it's certainly going to be truly different. Yeah. Well, you know, with our daughter, um, she, you know, she does the stuff where she wants to go be in her room and not not be um, be around the family. But uh, she's also still very sweet and very loving. She has a real faith. She's she's a delight. She's an, she's amazing. Actually, she's an amazing athlete. She's hilarious. She's artistic. She's kind of a renaissance woman. And I think the reason I mentioned that too is I guess I'm trying to put this proverb in the context of giving, like you said, th this whole teenage um, season that we've manufactured, really, it's not necessarily the way God designed it. And it creates all these pitfalls for these kids. And um, like we said a few days ago, when I was 
I felt led to have compassion on little kids, you know, for all that they're going through. This leads me to have some compassion on our teenagers. The stuff that they have to navigate is so hard, especially these days with technology and everything. So uh, once again, the takeaway is compassion, trying to have uh, some sympathy for these kids. I think the, uh, you know, there, I, I was going to talk about something else, but I think this mm-hmm. is a very important subject and I have gone through it. My uh, yep. youngest child uh, who is autistic is 32 mm-hmm. yep. and the oldest is 42. And I, I, I um, we're all going to decamp actually to uh, the Tetons in the latter part of this month. Uh, as a family, 12 of, us, uh, 12 of us are going to show up, um, cousins, my brother, mm-hmm. one of my brothers, etc. And it's a, for a three-day road trip, really. And it's all about really being in the most beautiful place in the world for a short period of time as a family. Um, I, 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 I am thinking of doing a little book for this event called Road Trip. And mm-hmm. it'll, be, have, it'll just have 24 photographs in it. That's it. Uh, no message or anything else. But cool. really what I'm driving at here is the role of the father and the mother must adapt to the changes in the teenagers. The adaptation, yeah. uh, the, well, the, the prior to the ad- adaptation, when they're pre, uh, you know, um, adolescent, if that's the right word for it, uh, they're still the baby. Mm-hmm. They're just bigger, but they're still the baby. And, and the general relationship is protection. And, uh, and, and that's how it goes. And then suddenly it's different. So how does the adult parent react to this? And that I, when I say adult parent, I mean parents, mm-hmm. the mother and the father. Um, sometimes the mother is more, suscept- uh, is more inclined to keep the child where they are in life and not progress into that next phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, the father can be an obnoxious disciplinarian because they're doing something different and sort of rebelling a little bit. And that's probably an inappropriate ex- um, response. So what I'm trying to drive at here is doing things in the family outside of the routine, normal routines of life. Right. Whether it's hiking, you know, on a nearby trail, right. yeah. or um, even simple things, but not necessarily things produced by the culture, things produced by life. Um, traveling up to some farm, or you know, just doing things, though. Yeah, I think that that is sometimes it's not going to solve every problem, but mm-hmm. I, I think that it's refreshing, uh, and it, it allows the parent to grow into that new phase in their own life Mm -hmm. that is going to never, it's never going to revert back to what it was before. So there are two changes going on that are hugely significant, both for the parents and the children. And I think a good summer camp can do that too. My daughter went to focus camp last August and came home just, it was just the right thing for her, man. She's so loved. It's a Christian camp and she got to really connect with God and with other Christian girls and good leaders. And it was doing all the things that you're talking about. It was just perfect for her. I, I just one more thing on this uh, mm-hmm. as to my own life. I went uh, when I was, um, I think, 
10 turning 11. I went to summer camp, but the one I talked about on another day, Camp Hemajawasa, my father had gone there. I remember my father's stories about the camp. So I remember showing up in uh, Grand Central Station. This is 1954. Um, and the bottom of Grand Central Station was filled with kids, thousands. And they were all taking trains to the camp. It was, wow. I, I only bring that up because it was such a startling thing to see it. <laughs> and, 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 and all I wanted to do was go. I, my father had been telling these stories and I just wanted to go and experience them myself. Mm-hmm. And then later on, when my, uh, when I'm older, I want to get out of town. I want to go to boarding school. And I went to boarding school and changed my life mm-hmm. for the better. For, for I mean, in a thousand different ways, discipline, um, rules and regulations. I'm not sure boarding schools actually live by that anymore, but they certainly lived by it then. And you could get thrown out. Mm-hmm. You could be put on you know, detention and all these other things that are, I think, for at least boys. It was an all-boys school, so uh, there was no trouble in discipline. They just did it. Anyway, it's it's. Uh, I think there are a lot of strategies, but we have to attend to the need, not the need so much, but the inclinations of the parent to revert back to when they were more helpless and, or, you know, just, Mm. just younger people, because that's a wonderful part in life, but it doesn't last. And so that's really what I'm driving at. The parents have to adapt. 